0: an incredible life. And so that's what we're talking a little bit about this morning is this idea of finding the incredible life that God has for each and every one of us. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go through my day and I go through my life like in the everyday part of life, and I think about the incredible life, and I think, well, a lot of times I'm not really living the incredible life. I'm just living the good enough life. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just getting by, and it's just just good enough. You're making those kind of decisions all the time, right? Like, what is just good enough? Because that's what happens when you live, when you're just aiming for the good enough life, you you have to decide, well, what is good enough? So I thought I'd I'd bring some pictures this morning that maybe help us discern, like, what it looks like in our life when things might be, you know, is that really good enough? Because that's the question we're always asking. So these are some Pinterest things that people had tried to make. So the expectation of the bunnies, that's what they tried to make. Instead, they made demons for... (laughs) their things. Uh, let's see. There, there's the the porcupine, and I don't know what a pig with something in it at the bottom. Uh, yeah, those those. That's not good at all. Uh, that looks like my art projects. There's the melted crayons. I love that, right? The melted crayon art. Not so successful. Um, yeah, also not good. That's not at all good enough, although that's better than I could do, so I got to give them that. I love that, right? They're trying to get that. It's one eye. That's the whole point of those guys. Yeah, this is great too, right? Oh, look at that baby at the top, and then there was the baby that just crashed on the bed and took the picture, so you get the idea, right? Like, sometimes we settle for good enough, and good enough isn't really good enough. Like, there is so much more to life. And when we think about good enough, and some of you may, when, as you think about good enough, you might go, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. You know, I am, you're, you're the person who's like always got to have it together. You're always striving. You get things lined up and you want it excellent. And But I bet that even for you, when you get done with all of that excellence, you still think there's something missing like, I did it all to the excellence, and yet there's a gap between what I picture for an incredible life and what I have as a life. And then we read scriptures like in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where Paul says, there's this one line in the context of what's an incredible life look like that he's talking to the Corinthians about. And he says this, this is what scripture means when it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Can you imagine that kind of incredible life? The kind of incredible life where you have the life that God has imagined for you. You can't even dream it up. God has such an incredible life for you. But the question is, like, how do we do that? How do we find this incredible life? Now, this whole series about the better life has been based on Jesus' claims of bringing the gospel to us and saying, I brought this to you to bring you a better life, a life to the fullest. I want to give you this gift. And today, we're out to discover, how do I find this, this incredible life? Where do I look for it? What is it about the incredible life that I am actually looking for? Because I think most of us recognize and if you're not old enough, you'll, you'll get here, that there are always going to be disappointments in life. Like You can't fix your life enough and fortify it enough that you don't have any downturns in life, right? Like, it just doesn't happen. Just have kids, and you find out, right? Like, you don't have control. There are things in life that you just don't have control of, and so the question is, how do we find the incredible life without being in some perfect nirvana land that doesn't exist? How do we find the incredible life through the twists and the turns and the ordinary and the special times in our life and still have the incredible life? And today, as we get started, and you can get out your outline, follow along with this, today what we're really talking about is this idea of the incredible life, the incredible life, the key to it, the key to finding it. It's not figuring it all out. But rather learning how to let God reveal Himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And that's Paul, you'll see it through the whole scriptures that we're going to study today in 1 Corinthians 2. He keeps pointing back to listen, if you want to discover God, you want to discover the incredible life, then you need to discover the Holy Spirit and His role in your life. You need to discover how He can interact with you and change you. So this morning, uh, let's get started by talking about an incredible life is available. It awaits those who share in the mysteries of God. Share in the mysteries of God. And this word mysteries that Paul uses is also it's also translated secret. It's this idea of like what we don't know about God becomes very clear to us in God. God has not like this top secret thing, but rather this thing of like understanding God's power and wisdom. That God has a powerful way, a powerful way to have presence in your life. That will give you this incredible life that you're looking for. And Paul's helping the Corinthians understand this because the Corinthians live in this culture where wisdom is highly valued. Wisdom is valued like today we value like being a celebrity, right? Like having fame. To them, fame is having wisdom. And so they seek out people who are wise. And he has come to them and he said, listen, now I came to you at first, I didn't come to you with a whole bunch of wise sayings. I came to you to demonstrate the power of God in your life when you have the Holy Spirit involved in your life. And then he goes on to say, he's going to talk to him about, but I want you to understand that when you have the Holy Spirit involved in your life, there are things that you can't even imagine that God wants to reveal to you, that God wants to speak into your life. And so he's helping them understand that the incredible life, the really incredible life that they're looking for is not out there in the circumstances. It's not rearranging your life to make all the circumstances fit. It's something much more important, much more deeper than that. And I think that's something we can all relate to, is how do I figure out how to have an incredible life when the circumstances don't fit? And so, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he starts, we're going to start with verse 7 today, it says, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world, not the kind that appeals to the rulers of this world, who are being brought to nothing. So, Paul says, speaking with wisdom, but I want you to understand that the wisdom that you're seeking, like, to fix all your situations, to make you more famous, to gain reputation, I'm not talking about that kind of wisdom. I'm talking about a wisdom that's more important. And it does, it's, it's a wisdom that doesn't always make sense to other people. It's not even wisdom that people who are in power and have all that stuff that you think is important, that they even understand or grasp. It's a better kind of wisdom. And he goes on to say, the wisdom that we speak of is the secret or mysterious wisdom of God, which was hidden in former times, though he made it for our benefit before the world began. Paul's really getting at this here. He's saying, listen, I, I want to talk to you about wisdom. But the kind of wisdom that you want, I'm no longer interested in that wisdom. See, I... Paul said, I I went after that kind of wisdom, but I'm not interested in that kind of wisdom anymore. What I want you to really understand and grasp is what God wants to do and reveal to you. What is this big secret that he's talking about, this mysterious thing of God? Well, earlier in the passage, he calls it God's testimony, God's story. In other words, this good news that Jesus brought, the gospel that can change you, just the way that you need, to, you need to be changed, this is the mystery. How the story of Christ, how what Christ did on the cross, that goes from just being a story, being an incredible story, to intersecting in your life and transforming you the way you need to be transformed. And the way you need to be transformed is way different than the way I need to be transformed, which is different than the way every single person here needs to be transformed. We're all a little bit different. We all have different hurts that we need to be healed from. We all have different problems that we struggle with. And God says, the mystery, Paul's saying, the mystery that God wants to bring you is the power of the gospel that God reveals himself to you and transforms you just where you are, just the way you need it. And Paul wants you to know this. But here's the thing. He's saying, listen, if if you want to know the mystery of this, you want to know how relevant it is, then... You need to know the key to it. And what is the key to it? What's the key to this mystery? If you've ever wondered, felt like, hey, life's a little mysterious right now. I don't know how to get through it. Or God's a little mysterious. I don't know what he's saying right now. Paul's saying, I want you to know the key to that. That the key to the incredible, accessing the incredible, wonderful things of God is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's so what he goes on to say. No one can know what anyone else is thinking except for that person alone. No one can know what God's thoughts, except God's own spirit. In other words, you don't know what anybody else is thinking, right? Like, you could be married to your spouse, and sometimes they're surprising you. Like, you think they're thinking one thing when they say something, and they're really saying something totally different, right? Have you ever done that? Like, jumped on the case of a friend or a spouse for, like, what you think they're saying, they're like, I wasn't saying that. Easy, back off a little bit. No one can know your thoughts except for you, right? You're the only one who really knows what's going on there. And in the same way, Paul says, no one can know what God's thinking, what God wants to share with you, except God's spirit. And that's why God sent his spirit into you. He says, and God has actually given us his spirit, not the world's spirit, not the world's wisdom, not what the world thinks is important. God's given us his own spirit, so that we can know what? Wonderful things of God. The wonderful things that God wants to give us are all wrapped up in knowing who? The Holy Spirit. Knowing the Holy Spirit is the key to having your life transformed. That's what Paul talks about. This incredible life is found when we can understand what God is like. And the only way we can understand what God is like is by being open to having the Holy Spirit reveal Himself to us, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal who God is. Now, I know that all of that talk probably sounds a little mysterious, right? Like any time I've talked about, and I've like I've been sharing in a circle with some other people about like, hey, God spoke this to me. It was almost like, man, it just impressed me so much in my heart. And people, there's always someone around that's like, hey, what's that like? I don't know what you're talking about. Like I've never been there, and so. If, maybe this seems a little too mysterious for you or um, you feel like, yeah, I feel a little bit like I hear You Too song playing in the background right now, Pastor Sean, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing out there, but I, I don't know what that's like. How do I find that? How do I discover that? I want you to understand that you're not alone on this journey and that the journey itself to know God and discover the wonderful things of God It's not about getting all the right things done and figuring it all out, okay? It's about interacting with the Holy Spirit. It's about not just striving, but the struggle to strive. You know what I'm saying? Like, just wanting to know God through the Holy Spirit, just wanting is a win. I want to read you an excerpt from Henry Nowen's book, The Prodigal God, or *The Return of the Prodigal Son, rather. And um, I haven't read a good Henry Nowen quote in a while, and he's one of my spiritual heroes. I love Nouwen stuff. And uh, this is what he says. And this is a guy who, like, I feel like, when I read his books, I go, man, your spirituality just eclipses mine. Like, I just, like, you're really committed to this. You really sought this. You have a time of reflections. You've Like, you've really gone after this. And this is what he says about his own life. For most of my life, I've struggled to find God, to know God, to love God. I've tried hard to follow God's guidelines of the spiritual life, to pray always, to work for others, to read the scriptures, and to avoid the many temptations that dissipate myself. And I've failed many times, but I've tried again and again, even when I was close to despair. Now I wonder whether I've sufficiently realized that during all of this time that God has been trying to find me, to know me, to love me, that God has been looking into the distance to find me and longing to bring me home. I think sometimes in our Christian life, or just in our life in general, we are working so hard. We are striving so much, and we're trying to get things done. We're trying to do things just good enough. We have families and jobs and places to go and people to see and and. Taxes to pay and all the bills that ground up. We, we have all of that stuff going on. And we run so hard, we just settle for this good enough life. And all the time, while we're doing that, what we really need to realize is God is pursuing us. God is waiting for us. And even while you're striving hard to maybe have all those spiritual disciplines in your life, and those are good, they're sacred places. And if you don't have those, I encourage you to have them But don't have them because you think you can do something with them. Have them because they become sacred places where the Holy Spirit can show up in his mysterious way and reveal God to you. Reveal how the gospel can intersect your life, can be relevant to you where you are for what you need right now. That's the most important lesson that we can learn today. Stop running so hard. Know that the Holy Spirit is real, And that if you decide to follow Jesus, he indwells you. And before you decide to follow Jesus, you're still checking him out today. You should know that the Holy Spirit is always with you. He is working on you. That's part of his role in the world, to work with you, to help you see who God is, to draw you close. You can't even come and discover who God is. You won't even want to until God moves himself through his spirit. God's spirit is the mediator that helps us go from understanding our finiteness to God's infiniteness, who God is. And the incredible life, what Paul's really talking about here, he's saying the incredible life is not out there. The incredible life is here, here. And I invite you to stop trying to experience it out there and start to experience it here. Now, for me, um, all my life, I've been seeking that same thing. Like, I want to know that. And so I, I do these things, I call them timeouts, okay? It's like taking a timeout, right? Like, I need a timeout. You know what a timeout is in sports, right? Like that moment where everybody on the, on the game floor, in the midst of the craziness of the game, somebody calls a timeout, what happens? They all stop, right? The game just stops for a minute. The chaos stops. They come and they gather around, right? Like maybe Sunday morning's for you. The time, it's a timeout, right? Like taking a timeout. I'm going to gather around. I'm going to regather what, the thoughts, what my thoughts are. And a lot of times for me, sometimes that's with people, and sometimes I find Sunday morning is not enough. It's not enough. I need other places in my life where I take a time out, where I regather and say, God, will you help me understand what's going on here? Will you help me understand your wisdom? Will you reveal yourself to me in real ways? Will you make, make yourself tangible to me? I want to know you. And I've always sought that from God. And I remember one time going out on a hike. And I was reading from Genesis 12, and it was all about, the, it was about altars, people building altars. And I realized as I was going through it, I was just thinking about altars and how they are places of most times when people build altars, they're places of choosing, like they're choosing to follow God. They're places of, of brokenness and tenderness where it's like, okay, God, I, I'm building this altar to you because I've seen what you've done around me, and I'm amazed by you, God. It's places of revelation where God said, listen, I'm revealing myself to you. It's places where people counted the cost and said, I'm building this altar and then I'm going to go. And in faith, I'm going to step out and follow you. And I was thinking about the altars in my life, and I was asking God, like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, what altar can I build? Like, what, what do I need to do, God? Where do I need to go from here? And in the midst of that prayer, in the midst of that scripture, God said to me this, Sean, you're trying to build altars to me. But what I want you to know is that your life is the altar and I am the one building. it. Stop calibrating and trying to do all of this stuff and instead know that you can't do the work. My spirit can. That you will be the blessing to others when you let me do the work. So this morning I want to invite you to take a time out. The worship team is just going to come. We're going to sing a song called Holy Spirit. And um, it's a time in the next few minutes for you to say, you know what, God, I've been busy. I've been out there. I've been doing all the things. Maybe this is the first like, time out you've really had all week where you can just invite the Holy Spirit to be present with you, to change you, to impress something on you, or just take a deep breath and to get a sense that God loves you deeply, that God has been longing to find you. And so even as you sing this song, and the part of the song says, you know, Holy Spirit, make your presence here. I want to welcome your presence here. It's not to this building. It's not out there. It's here. So will you sing it and say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence here. I want the incredible life here. Will you change me and transform my life? say thank you to you because you made the gospel simple for us. So simple when we didn't understand really anything about you, we could still understand that you loved us, that you offered forgiveness, and that you want to restore us into a relationship with you. And yet, God, the gospel is so rich and so deep that you give us the gift of your spirit so, this morning we pray, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Invade us, transform us. Holy Spirit, do a new work in our hearts. Help us to take the timeouts that we need to just sit in your presence. God, this morning, will you continue that invasion into our lives? God, whether we have known you many, many years, whether we're still just checking you out. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, speak to us, help us to know the intimacy, the mystery, of how the gospel can change our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, when when God does something marvelous in your life, I find often it comes out of, Times when I've been dependent on him. Times when I've taken time to say, God, I, I need you. I can't do this on my own. And That's what Paul's talking about, is having that kind of experience in your life. And when you experience God in those ways, and if you haven't, I just want to encourage you, as Henry Nowen did, stay on the journey. God wants you to experience him in the unique ways that he has built you to experience him. But when you do, when you, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you want more. The gospel is like irresistible. Because once you know who God is, you want him to be fully in your life. And so you begin to seek him out. And that's what we talked about in this first point. But I want to talk to you about what happens next. If you're going to really experience the incredible life, what the Holy Spirit can really give you as a gift, and how you cooperate with that. And that's to surrender to a new mindset. The incredible life is available and awaits those who surrender to a new mindset. So let me ask you this question. How do you measure being changed by God? Like when you think about your life, you think about like, well, how do I know if I'm being transformed by God? How do you, how do you really know that you've been transformed by God? Like, is it that epiphany like, oh, I know I've experienced God and I'm being transformed by him because... I was in the sermon today and I I had this epiphany and it was amazing and it was great and then on Monday morning I forgot totally that I had an epiphany on Sunday. Has that ever happened to anybody? Right? Like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I write it down on my response card. I'm really hoping that they'll email me back just so I'll remember what it was that got, you know what I'm saying? So like, is that transformation? Well, if it doesn't, make you different on Monday, no, right? Or you might go, well, oh, man, there was this worship song, right? And it was like, like, man, I had had goosebumps, you know, and like, I had the shivers. Oh, it was so amazing. Well, you know, maybe you just had Eric's best hold it onto your britches strong coffee in the morning, and that's what you were experiencing, right? Seriously, like, does that mean your life is totally transformed? And don't get me wrong, I am not downplaying those experiences. They are sacred moments and they are important. And you, you bet your britches, as Eric would say, that we work really hard every week to make this a sacred timeout, to make sure that we do everything that we can do to make it excellent as a moment where you can experience God. But what's the real goal? I mean You guys, we're all part of this. We're inviting you to be part of the spiritual family. And what is our goal? It's that you'll have a changed life, a new mindset, a new way of thinking and operating the world. I mean, The biggest win for you, for us, for me, it's that you walk out on Monday. And Monday through Saturday, you start to operate differently. Sometimes that's like a big deal. Like it's a big change. And sometimes it's just a little bit. But every time you change your mindset, you become a little bit and a little bit and a little bit more like Jesus. That's the win. That's what God wants for you. And sometimes, you know, I know, that, I know that there's been seasons in my life where it's just been dry and I've been like, man, I wish, like, I feel stuck. I feel like I can't get through this thing. I feel like I keep trying to change it and it's not changing. And I'm reminded by some of my mentors that, Sean, just wanting it is a win. Just you desiring God to change it is momentum itself. It's the thing that God's doing in you. You should recognize that and celebrate it. So I want to encourage you this morning, like whether you've been on this journey a long time or you've been on this journey a short time, if you're just checking God out this morning, if you still haven't made that whole full in with Jesus this morning, I want you to know to hang in there. I want to encourage you to hang in there because if you'll pay attention to what God's doing, God will do something amazing in your life. And if you'll pay attention to it and give Him your attention throughout the week, God will start to change your mindset and you will have an incredible life because you see and operate in the world in whole different ways. I want to talk to you, guys, some of you who've like, you've been a Christian a long time. You've known Jesus a long time and you've been coming to church a long time. I know some of you, and I know that you are incredibly good people. I know that you are. Like you make good decisions. You are solid citizens. I appreciate that. But I, I want to say something this morning, and you might not like to hear this, and that's okay, but here it is. Living the Christian life is not about being good. It's about being gods. It's about this complete surrender. And if you're just living a good moral life, you are missing out on the most radical, transformational thing that you could ever have, the, the very secrets and mystery of God himself indwelling you and transforming you and giving you a new mindset. And that is what God wants to give you, a new way, a new lens to look at the world through. So no matter what happens out here, you're still able to take in the incredible here. You are living out the incredible life because you know where God has you. Paul says it this way continues once again to talk about the Holy Spirit and the new mindset. He says, but people who aren't Christians can't understand these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds like foolishness to them. Because those who have the Spirit can understand what... But those who have the Spirit can't understand what the Spirit means. We who have the Spirit understand these things, but others can't understand us at all. How can they be? For who can know what the Lord is thinking? Who can give Him counsel? But we can understand these things before we have the mind of Christ. You see, when you start relying on the Holy Spirit, you start understanding things differently. You start getting what things mean that, formerly, you were like, I don't know what that means. So think, let's think about some things that Jesus has said, okay? Um, if you give more stuff away, you'll be more happy, something that Jesus says. Does that make any sense? I mean, hmm. He also says, if you want to live, then you must die. What? What is he talking about? He also says, hey, you know what? Instead of hating your enemies and protecting yourself from them, love them. In fact, if they slap you, offer them the other cheek. Huh? Right? If, if your enemy says, if you're going with someone, they say, they take your coat, offer them your shirt too. What? Like, this makes no sense. Until we experience God and understand that it is the very nature of God. Until we understand that God's mindset is that he's doing this new work in you and it's not stuff that's out here, it's what he's doing in you and that he wants to give freely and generously the wonderful things of the gospel to you. But they come through understanding him in a new way. And here's, here's what I want to tell you is today. If you're in that place where you're like, I don't always get all that stuff. That's okay. But I want you to understand today that you'll never wrap your mind around the things of God until you allow God's Spirit to help you wrap yourself, your mind around the things of God. Unless you let the Holy Spirit give you this new mindset, this new way of thinking, until you say, God, I don't get it. Will you help me get it? Will you help me understand? Because I want to know who you are. I want to be transformed by you. Will you help me get it? Okay, so if you want a new mindset, you've got to surrender. Now, here's the really hard part of getting a new mindset. The really hard part, I think, is letting go of the old one. Let me tell you what I mean. Okay, so I brought, I brought an illustration this morning with me. These are just two of about five pairs of shoes that I have in my closet. Now, as you can see, like, these are not really in that good of shape, right? Like, not just the sole's off, but the inside is off. Like, like I use these to work in the garden, right? Like, there's dirt in my foot as I'm walking in the garden when I'm doing work with these. I have another pair of boots, but I can't seem to get rid of these. I might need these for some reason, right? You know what I'm talking about. Some of you know, Right? These sneakers are like ten years old. I have worn them in lakes and creeks. I have paint—you can see all the paint marks on them. They're not even comfortable. I don't. When I put them on, I, I, I question as I'm putting them on. Why am I putting these on? These don't even feel good to my feet. They're like they're like nasty on the inside. The soles are all beaten up, and like you know how like when the soles get all beaten up, and you can actually feel the bottom of the other side of the shoe in there. Yeah, that's that's these. This is two of, like, five or six pairs of shoes I have in my house. And my, my dear wife has always asked me, like, why are you wearing those? Like, do you need new shoes? And really, I think what she's really saying is, honey, I'd rather you not look like you just dressed in a trash can, okay? So if we could not have you get your clothes out of a trash can, that would be really good. But the hard part for me is letting go of those shoes. See, because I... I've been places in these shoes. I've done certain things in these shoes. These shoes have worked for me for a long time. I built my deck with these shoes. I went to Peru in these shoes. I've been all places in these shoes. I, I just, I don't want to let go, even though like they want to let go. I don't want to let go of these shoes. Some of you have some old, beat-up ways of thinking worked for you for a long time. And it's time you let go of them. It's time you just decide that they are what they are and say I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. God, I need a new mindset. I need a new way of thinking. I want to get rid of these stinking old shoes, these stinking old ways. And say, God, will you give me that new mindset. And that that way of doing that is a moment and it's also a process. It's going to be an everyday decision, saying, God, I'm dependent on you again this morning. Today, God, I need you again. Like I am relentless about my commitment to discover this new mindset. And even though I'm frustrated with finding it and how I still fall back on it, the fact that I am coming back to you is the very thing that's going to begin to transform me. Now, let me tell you a maybe just a couple things that have helped me that I just want to share with you. These are not things from the Bible necessarily. They're just things that have practically helped me. When when you want a new mindset, you've got to let go of some old things. Don't throw out all your old shoes at once, okay? Just listen to what God wants you to throw out. Let him help you identify the old shoes that you need to throw out and work on that. Because you try to throw them all out at once, you just not going to make any progress, unless God says throw them all out at once, okay? Listen to God's Spirit, and he'll help you understand what's going to be important. And if you're new on your journey, then listen to people around you who know Jesus really well. Take their counsel as well. Day by day, here's something else I've discovered. If you'll let God's Word in Scripture be your guide, if you'll be relentless about really trying to understand God's Word, he'll be with you in if you'll listen for God's spirit and say, God, I want to know what you want from me. And say, I, I want to be, I want to crucify my old way of thinking, as Paul said, and I want a new way of life. And there's, here's two litmus tests for you. Two ways to know, like, so often when I talk about, like, hey, I've heard from the Holy Spirit, you know, I get, like, how do I know if, like, this impression on me is from God's spirit or it's just, like, a bad burrito? I had earlier in the day, like which? How do I know which it is? So here's two litmus steps for you. First one that I tend to use for myself is: Does this align with what I know about God? But what God's Word says about God. So in other words, if you if you have this strong impression as you leave work to run over your boss as he's coming out of the building, that's probably not from God. Because that's not something that lines up with God's word. You get that, right? If you don't know if it lines up with God's word, ask someone that you think would know that. They'll help you. Here's the second thing. Anytime I have a strong impression to do something that moves me outside my comfort zone, to do something good that I normally wouldn't do, I count that as probably from God. Right? If it passes the first one and I say, mm, God's asked me to go talk to that person. I'm not really, I don't know that person. Why would I go talk to that person, right? I'm not coming up with that idea. I think maybe God is. So you take a shot, you take a step, and you go, okay, let me see if this works out. That's that's listening to God's spirit. That's helping you to understand how to operate with him. Listen, today when you walk away, I want you to just walk away with this one thing. The key to walking with God, to having the incredible life is learn how to interact with his Holy Spirit, saying, I don't want a life that's good enough anymore. I want a life that's incredible. And that isn't out there, it's in here. It's where I interact with God. And when that happens, something happens, that Paul talks about in Galatians 5.22, no matter what your circumstances are, you will find love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control. And that won't be from you, it'll be from God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what we really want is not just a life that's good enough. What we really want is what no eye has seen, what no ear has imagined, what no mind could could ever take in, could ever dream up, the good and wonderful things that you have for those who love you. And so I pray today that we would discover the great and wonderful things that you have for us. Help us to surrender to the new mindset that you want to give us, to throw away old things that we've been holding on to way too long. And help us to take in all that you have for us just by taking time out to being attentive. What is your Holy Spirit doing? And it's not trying to do it on our own, but being totally dependent on you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. This morning, the worship team's going to sing, and I want you to just take a moment, get out, your, get out this little card out of your program, guys, a response today. Um, I know sometimes for me, I don't always even turn these in. I actually take them with me sometimes. Sometimes I turn them because I want some other people to pray with me. Sometimes I take them with me because I just don't want to forget. Whatever the sacred moment that God wants to have with you this morning, whether it's you've been on cruise control and Sunday has been good enough for too long, And this morning you realize that good enough isn't good enough. And God has an incredible life and you want that. Or whether you've been holding back because you just didn't understand, like, I don't know how to do all of this. And this morning you go, hey, I'm not the only one who feels that way. So God, I'm just going to walk with you and be faithful in this. Or this morning you fixed your Christianity yourself for a long time and been really had it all lined up. This morning you realize you need to stop fixing it and allow God to fix you, allow God to address you in some new ways. So let me give you this one question to think about this week. What's the one thing you need to let go of this week to let God do a new work? Would you be willing to pray this week, every day when you get up, this one prayer, Holy Spirit, today give me the mind of Christ. Today, help me to have the mind of Christ. Think differently have the incredible life. We consider that as the worship team of the Egyptians.